0: Welcome, everybody, to another edition of This Week in Legal Blogging, presented by LexBlog. This is Bob Ambrogi, and uh, this is, I think, our sixth episode of, of this now. We've, we've had a great lineup of uh, uh, prominent and accomplished uh, legal bloggers that we've t- talked to over the last few weeks. You can find all of these recordings at, uh, at youtube.com slash LexBlog if you want to go back and listen to them. And today I am very happy to have as my guest, Stuart Kaplow. Stuart is an environmental and sustainability attorney in Maryland, and he is the author of the Green Building Law Update, a widely read and highly respected blog on environmental law. Stuart, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. It is uh, it is my pleasure.
0: Yeah, well, it's good to talk uh, and. you. Uh, we we met all of uh, fifteen minutes ago or so, so this is uh, really the first time we're getting to talk. So it's it's always a pleasure. It's always fun to get and meet uh, some of the people who I've seen virtually for a long time, and now it's a little closer to an actual physical meeting, I guess. But it's it's great to great to finally meet you. How, how have you been doing? Uh, what how have you been uh, staying sane uh, during all this time? What how you, how is it going for you?
1: Well, no, um, thank you. For asking. Um you know, these are obviously interesting times. Um and I'm I'm grateful in all candor. Uh we're okay fine. Um uh it's uh I personally have been been doing okay and uh, our law business has been doing well.
0: So uh
1: all is uh all is good down here in Maryland.
0: Well that's good. Uh, so uh- Stuart, if before, well, we're going to talk about your blog a whole lot, we hope, uh, but before we do that, why don't you just tell me a little bit about your practice and what you do?
1: Yeah, as, as you mentioned, um, you know, I like to think of myself as an environmental attorney. Um, I started out a number of years ago, probably, probably slightly more focused on green building law, and the green building law really was a, a marketing opportunity, a tag to then look at it a little broader in terms of sustainability law, um, and then really now, in its broadest sense, environmental law. Um, when we were chatting before we went online, we, we mentioned that I have been mentioned in an ABA journal article some years ago, um, and depending upon how one views that article, um, they somewhat tongue-in-cheek questioned the fact that I was the only green building lawyer they knew of in the country and it was either going to go very well for me or very badly.
0: <laughs> well, I was going to ask because you started—if I've got this right—from looking at your your LinkedIn profile and your bio, you started your law firm around 1992, uh, and I think you were practicing a few years before that. But that would have been really in the very early days of anybody even talking about green building law, right? I mean, that was a—that was not a—that uh, was a new concept at that time.
1: No, no, you are correct. Um, you know, I, I've been at large law firms and, and done environmental law and went out and began uh, to do green building law. With a very small group, I would argue we, we created green building um, and sustainability law, um, and it, it did not exist prior to that time. Um, and it, it is, it was at the time, and even is today, really a true niche practice, um, and in some weird way um you know, it's it, it lent itself perfectly to what ultimately became a, an opportunity to do blogging because it really was um, almost a niche within a niche of a practice.
0: Yeah. Um, and, and, and one more question before we get, get to uh, talking about your blog, but I was curious um, how the, 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 uh, the time we are in right now has has kind of affected the green building industry or the real estate industry more broadly when people are suddenly talking about maybe not even returning to their offices, let alone building new buildings or or whatever else. What, what's been what have you seen in terms of your own practice?
1: No, I think mean, it's it, it, it's a great observation. Um, you know, we have been very lucky. I mean, our quarterly billings for last quarter were very respectable and above what they were last year uh, for the quarter. Um, but I think that there is a tremendous amount of volatility obviously in the market um, you know as much as I can tell you what they were last quarter I wouldn't even begin to suggest to you what they might be in the current quarter um, you know I, I see a lot of the legal side of real estate and the real the legal side of environmental law almost at polar opposites you know some parts of that law business are doing quite well and some parts of it are, are, are doing poorly um, it's a tough market but um, You know, again, we've been very lucky um, in that many of our clients are larger business clients, um, and they've continued to move forward. Um, So, you know, as much as it's unclear what the future may hold for traditional law offices and traditional offices in general, um, there's still an awful lot of built environment out there and there are environmental issues associated with it. So, again, I I wouldn't presume to, to take out my magic eight ball and predict the future, um, except that right now it's it's been doing surprisingly well. Um, I, I I admit I'm I'm pleasantly pleased that we've really not only not seen any drop off but are actually ahead year to date.
0: Yeah, well that that's good to hear. Um, and, and I and I, I said that was going to be the last question before I asked you about the blog, but you just got me curious. If if you could, what exactly is green building law? What what are what is what is the nature of the practice? What are you doing in that? In that area,
1: right? A, 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 a great question, and and it's interesting. When I got into this
0: in the in, in it's the It's actually 1990s, a stupid question on my part, but <laughs> when, <you're not laughs>
1: building, when I got into when I got into this in the nineteen nineties, and I did my first pitch about green building law to a real estate development client, the owner of the company actually looked at me and said, "So you want me to paint all my buildings green?" <laughs> um, so no, um, Fortunately, that's that's not all that we do. Um, It really is a a variety of environmentally sustainable practices associated with real estate. So many of those things that that involve using less resources, using less energy, water quality, indoor air quality, less waste, um, all of those things have come together to to encompass what sort of modern building was. You know, I, I could spend many hours giving you sort of a history of maybe sustainable building. But, you know, most of this really grew out of the the late 1970s, early 1980s environmental movement and folks being concerned about the impact that the built environment had not only on the greater planet, but also on the inhabitants, the occupants inside the buildings. So,
0: yeah. And and what are what are the legal issues around that? How is how is that a a legal issue as opposed to, I don't know, an architectural issue or an engineering issue or
1: Well, it's an interesting confluence of all of that, of of architectural and engineering. Um, But, you know, I hate to sound crass about this, but among the most expensive things an individual does is buy the home that they live in. And among the most expensive things that a business does is occupy or buy the space that it occupies. So issues around that building, and if, if you want a green building, you're a dentist, you're a journalist. It's unlikely that you're going to know how to specify, construct, and otherwise erect a green building. So in simplest form, someone's got to put together those words to be able to describe what green building is, then articulate it in a set of contract documents so maybe an architect or an engineer could design it, then so a construction company can build it, and then so it can be occupied by tenants. So its simplest form, there's legal work all along the ordinary stretch of sort of the real estate side, of at least of the environmental.
0: Yeah. So uh, in in uh, the past episodes so far of this program, as I mentioned, I think we've done five so far. Uh, the people I've talked to, uh, I've asked them all how they started their blog. Uh, you've got a little bit different story. You didn't start your blog. You kind of adopted it or inherited it, I guess.
1: How did that it come worked. about? Yeah, no, no. Worse than that. And I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I say this unabashedly. Um, I bought it. Um, I was doing green building law, and I looked around for how to promote the practice. Um, And again, I was concerned that I might be the only green building lawyer for a long time. Um, So I I, I looked around, and I found this blog thing. Um, And I'll be candid, I I, I really had not considered a blog for myself at that time. Um, And there was this great young lawyer, Chris Cheatham, who had started this blog and was one of the earlier bloggers on LexBlog. Um, and I reached out to Chris, um, and we actually met at a, at a, at a convention and we talked, became friends. Um, and some months later, um, I called him up and said, Chris, that blog thing, um, any chance you want to sell it to me? I was literally doing a paper newsletter at the time, mailing 80 some copies that I was printing at a local print shop and mailing first class mail to folks. Um, and, uh, so unabashedly, uh, he was looking at doing some other things he really wasn't, uh, it, his heart and soul wasn't in being a green building attorney. He really was much more of a marketer. He enjoyed the blogging much more than I think the green building. Um, yeah. So uh, he sold me his blog. And I called the very nice folks at Lex Blog and said, hi, I, I bought this blog. How do we go about doing that? And there was this little pause on the other end of the phone. And I don't think anybody had ever bought a blog <laughs> a Yeah, bit.
0: I've got a couple I'll sell you if you're in the market. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: but it, was a it was a wonderful opportunity to take yeah. someone's existing, yeah. wonderful work product. He had done a lot of great work. He was, a, a, you know, and, and certainly an early innovator in this, in, in, in this space. Um, so, again, I, you know, I, I, I have to admit, you know, I, I bought somebody else's wonderful work product and just yeah. took off from it.
0: Well, I mean, one advantage uh, to that, I can think of a couple of advantages to that, but one advantage to that is you've got a uh, readership from the get-go,
1: Right. Exactly. He had an existing and interestingly enough, a very well-respected readership. I mean, he had some of the real industry leaders in environmental um, law. I'm um, reading his blog. Um, so it was, uh, it, you know, uh, and it was very interesting. Um, he was a little concerned that he's a true devotee. He, he is a true environmentalist. He believes. Um, and I'm a business person and I gear and target our work for our business clients that have, environmental issues and green building issues. Um, And he was a little concerned about turning the blog over to me. And if if someone really wants to go back and read his last post, it was a little tongue in cheek as he sort of went, well, we're gonna see how this goes with a, a very different voice.
0: Well, I did go back and read his last post where he was actually uh, extremely uh, uh, kind to you. He he described you as the godfather of green building law, and he's, quote, the only attorney I know that has figured out how to make a living from green building law. So uh, he seemed seemed to feel he was leaving it in good hands.
1: Well, again, I mean, those those were certainly very kind words from him. Um, But again, I guess what I would take away from that is that even back then, as I did this, uh, uh, my goal of blogging was to try to develop a market, both among lawyers, but then against the broader environmental community. Because again, I, I had this fear, and you, you might have sort of the 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 backstory of what you're reading there is he also was a little concerned that I might be the only green building lawyer, and that might not have worked long term.
0: Yeah. Uh, the other, the other thing, uh, he wrote his last post and then you wrote your first post that in, in, your, this was, uh, in, uh, 2013, uh, in your first post, you wrote an admission. I have never blogged. This is all new to me. As I find my voice on this blog, please cut me a little slack. <laughs> uh, so, uh, did the readers cut you a little slack? Did they, did you need that slack? How long did it take you to kind of get into the routine, find your voice?
1: Well, let me say this. I mean, I you know much very. I come to this in a very different place than you do, Bob. Um, you know, I, I have no journalism or writing background. Um, interestingly enough, in the sixth grade, I was the uh, editor of my school newspaper. Um, but I peaked in sixth grade, and I don't know that I ever did journalism after that until I wrote this blog. So uh, um, I think what, what I think what folks found about the blog was that um, I communicated valuable information to the industry. So it, uh, it, we're in very controversial times in, in science, and we were back then also. Um, and we didn't use the, we weren't really talking about junk science. In, in we, we didn't use that phrase at the time, but there was an awful lot of science fiction, yeah. um, is how we refer So I tried to write good stuff um, while I tried to promote green building law and green building generally. Yeah. Um, and, cut me a little slack.
0: Yeah. And uh, who are those folks? I mean, who, who is your audience? Who who are you orienting this blog to?
1: No, and that's that's that also is sort of I would say a great question about you know blogging and 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 something that interestingly enough, I when I decided to do that, I I read some of the materials on the Let's blog website at the time. Um, and you know, this is long ago. Um, so I, I really did try to identify a target and write to the target. Um, And the target really are um, two different groups of people, which is a little tricky to to, to thread the needle through both, but really are the general counsels of the Fortune 1000 companies. So those larger businesses in America that are going to have an environmental issue that may not be something that their usual attorneys handle. And then at the same time, the the environmental world, that sort of greater industrial environmental complex of folks that are interested in green building. Um, And I tried tried to address both of them as best I could and often failed miserably. But that was my, those really were, that was the the two different audiences I tried to to write to over the years.
0: So it's both, it's both the, the industry, it's an industry blog and a, and a blog uh, kind of devoted to, um, I won't say lawyers who practice in the area, but lawyers who need to know about the practice in the area.
1: It is an an embarrassing number of my uh, referrals, referrals are, other law firms that may have a green building issue or a sustainability issue in their practice. And because, again, this really is a, a small niche, even some of the largest law firms in the country don't have anybody um, on staff that does that. And they reach out to, 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 to us and retain me either, you know, sometimes as a consultant, sometimes bring us in as co-counsel, but uh, a surprising number of of, of Amount of the work that we've done over the years has really been for for other law
0: firms. And and to what extent do you credit the blog with helping to bring in some or all of that work?
1: Well, I know the folks at LuxBlog, you know, either appreciate or laugh at the fact that I I unabashedly um, acknowledge that the blog has been our number one source of new clients nearly if not every year since i started blogging um it really has been an amazing vehicle um and i wish i could take a lot of credit for you know the the, the, the setup and and how all the search engine optimization all works and the, the, the work that is done behind the scenes because i know none of that and do none of that but you know i mean i it is our number one you know i Look, yesterday, I was, I was on a, a, a Zoom call with a multinational business um, based in India that has a regulatory issue in the United States, um, and they found me from a blog post I'd written, um, and they, they Googled, found the blog, and reached out to us. And look, a, a, a small law firm outside of Baltimore would not be doing work for a, a large corporation in Jani, um, but for the blog. And, and, and again, the same thing this morning. I mean, this morning, literally, I did a Skype call this morning um, with a, uh, the council of a, uh, a manufacturing uh, facility in Great Britain that is having to fast pace some manufacturing related to some COVID products here in the United States, um, but again, the fact that a manufacturing company in 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 Bath found a lawyer in a, in a small firm north of Baltimore, I I don't know any other way that that kind of stuff happens other than you know through 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 blogs and. And, and the medium that, that, that exists around them.
0: Yeah, and, and are you um, uh, formally kind of tracking uh, that in any way, in terms of uh, how those clients are coming into your firm and and what the sources are that's bringing them in?
1: No, no, we do. I mean, we're all new. You know, we have sort of some standard questions we ask folks as we as as I talk to new folks, um, and you know, we we do track and look. There's no question that number one source is the blog. Um, you know, our number two source are actually referrals from existing clients. Um, and while that's very respect, you know, I, I'm pleased that our existing clients make referrals. That number is far be far below the number of uh, folks
0: that we get from the blog. Yeah, that's really fascinating. Um, so, I don't know. Well, how big is your firm? Is it is it just you, or are there other lawyers in the firm?
1: Yeah, again, it's you know it's sort of the modern world that 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 we live in, and I've referred to it for years as a distributive prop, uh, practice. Um, I market myself as a solo practitioner, but there's absolutely no way that I could do all the work that we do. Uh, we contract with subject matter experts around the country, um, both geographically um, and folks who have the particular subject matter expertise, both attorneys and non-attorneys. Um, so, on any given day. You know, we might be handling projects in a dozen or so states, um, and and very often, you know, using an attorney on the ground in those states. Um, so while I operate as a as a solo practitioner, the um, nature of our operation is really uh, significantly larger than that, and allows us to grow when the market requires, and allows us to contract or otherwise pivot when that's when it's appropriate.
0: Yeah. And uh, what about the blog? Is, is that a solo practice, or do you have others helping you with that?
1: No, um, for good or for bad, the blog's me. Um, uh, I'm, I'm pretty religious about uh I conceive by Thursday night a blog post and start writing and post every Monday morning. and try to stay on a schedule of posting on Monday mornings.
0: So you post once a week.
1: I post once a week. I mean, again, it, it may vary on a hot day, but, you know, generally, generally um, post every Monday morning.
0: Yeah. And how do you so you're working that in over the weekend? Then Is that what you what you're doing? I was going to ask how you kind of fit it into your routine between practicing law and, and attending to the blog and keeping up with uh, topics in your field.
1: Yeah, I. You're really, again, I, I, my goal is always to make certain that I have an identified topic um, by Thursday. And I can start on Thursday. In case I need to reach out to folks on Friday, gather more information, I, I can do that. And then I, 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 I further write and edit over the weekend. Um, you know, the, the topics are generally work that we're doing. I mean, yeah. look, I, I make no clues about this. You know, I, I tell folks all the time, if you want to write a diary, you know, go buy a diary and, and, and write about diary in your bed at night. Yeah, you know, this is business. Um, we write to get work. We write to advance clients' interests. Um, we write to advance what we perceive as as, as sort of correct thinking environmental law. Um, and uh, the topics that we write about tend to be things that are in the office um, at any given time.
0: Yeah. So, uh, and, and by in the office, do you mean you're directly writing about matters that you're handling, or that they are topics that relate to clients you you represent, or or matters that you have?
1: Well, interesting. It's, it's, it's an interesting question, and I would say all of the above. That is, you know, we very often write, to, when we're looking to get a piece of work, you know, I'll write about something that we can then point to someone that I have some expertise in the area because, gosh, I've written an article about it. Um, but then we very often um, write to advance a, a client's perspective or point of view on a matter. Um, you know, I, it, we, we have a regular line in our engagement letter. Or one of the services we offer clients is we'll we'll write an article for them, um, and very often we post on the blog. Sometimes it's for a particular purpose, much the way a vanity website might be up. You the article might be up, sent it out to a number of people, it's reproduced, otherwise used, and then comes down. Um, sometimes they stay on the website, um, but no, we you know I, I know, I hear often attorneys saying they're reluctant to write about matters that involve their clients. Um, yeah, I'd probably tell you about a quarter of our blogs involve. I didn't choose. I didn't choose the topic. It's some matter that the client has.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I think when attorneys say that, they're they're saying it out of concern over you know uh, possible ethical issues because obviously you don't want to be writing in a way where you're disclosing confidences or that sort of thing. But uh, I, yeah, but I'm I'm sure that's a, that's a, a different story, for you um you, you know you mentioned by thursday night you want to have a topic in mind how do you go about f- coming up with those topics what's your process for just keeping up with the uh, developments in your field
1: you know i I'd, I'd like to tell you there's a method to the
0: madness i um, <laughs>
1: wish i could easily i wish i could give you the correct answer which i believe is i read it, i skim and read other blogs and look for the ideas um i wish i had the time to do that um, yeah. i very much enjoy reading the blogs uh most of the ideas are, are truly matters that, 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 are, that are in the office that we've been asked about that otherwise um, are, are, are something, if, even if, if it's not something appropriate to write about while it's ongoing, you know, when appropriate, we'll write in a way after it's closed. But, you know, sometimes it's new regulatory matters. I mean, look, I, again, the most successful blog post I ever wrote was a blog post some years ago about a new SEC guidance document um, that required that all public traded companies do an analysis of, uh, of the impact of climate change on their business for the next two years. Um, they they issued it. We wrote a blog post almost immediately on it, um, and I, I I wouldn't even begin to tell you the amount of work that that generated for so many years. Um, because again, those folks, those those attorneys who rep who do SEC work are very good at knowing matters of securities law but when someone needs to advise their client on whether or not there's a matter of climate change, they went, huh, where are we going to get somebody to do that? Right. Um, We wrote many, 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 many hundreds of those a year for years and did a lot of work for large law firms, a lot of work directly for public companies. Um, And it was, uh, you know, just a wonderful blog post. And in all fairness, you know, that came out of a new regulation, but, Similarly, I would say the worst blog post I ever wrote, and the one that if I could take it back, I assure you I would take it back. I I wrote a blog post. There is a a delete button. (laughs) No, I understand it. If you look, it's actually not on my website. But with the beauty of the Internet, people still find it, apparently. Um, I wrote one about solar panels on roofs, and when consumers sell their houses after having installed solar panels on their roofs, um, it creates quite a contractual and, and very often a local regulatory issue. I mean, we're putting solar panels on roofs all over the country, and folks aren't really thinking about the implications should they sell their house. And the problem with that is, I was correct. It is a huge problem in America, and there are tens of thousands of people a year who are faced with this dilemma, but they're consumers. So it's mom, pa who call and want to retain us, and I would acknowledge that that's not really my target, and I don't do people too good. So, again, that blog post, to this day, that blog post generates more than half a dozen calls a week. Every week, I that we don't rarely a day goes by that we don't get a call from someone about a solar panel
0: on roof problem every that's day. In, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I've got a couple of posts like that on my blog that are that were really extraneous or throwaway posts that uh um have brought in a steady stream of inquiries that have nothing to do with anything I do. Uh, uh, I, I, had one like that many years ago. I have a, I have a son who has a severe, uh, peanut allergy. And I actually wrote a, just did a blog post once about finding, finding legal resources relating to food allergies. And it was, uh, grew out of my own experiences, but, uh, I, you know, it's not a week that goes by that I don't get somebody wanting to hire me as a food allergy lawyer. Well, I'm not a food allergy lawyer, uh. Uh, I did at some point buy the domain foodallergylaw.com, food thinking maybe I would, but I, I never did. Um,
1: so okay, uh, I mean, look, when, I really, is advising you know Fortune One Thousand Council when they have environmental matters, um, and it's an area that they want an attorney to head up the team because they're very much worried about liability, um, and they're very much worried. If, you know, it, it, it can be um, a, a daunting task to sort of wrap your arms around all those issues. And yeah. So, they very often want to hire an attorney to, to head up that project. Um, and again, that's, that's our sweet spot. And it's not that we wouldn't do some other work. Um, right. We do.
0: But. Right. But so that goes back to uh, that, that first lesson you read uh, or, or were told from the LexBlog people when you started uh, of knowing your audience and writing for your audience, right? Are you, are, have there been other lessons like that you've learned over the years about blogging, about about writing a blog, or about the, how to uh, position it to your audience? You
1: know, I, I, I think that um, one of the other lessons that I, that I was taught early on that I would pass along is, you know, this whole idea of the metrics and the whole idea of looking at numbers of subscribers you have to email, you know, blasts of it. I'm, I'm sure that's of interest to some folks, and, and, and it may have some merit. Um, but it bears little if any relationship to what we do, you know, and, and it, I would urge folks to write to their target. You know, um, again, I, I have folks who laugh at me all the time because we still may, I print on paper and mail seven blog posts a week, um, including to one of my largest and longstanding clients who's a self-made billionaire, um, who is very involved in the environmental field, does a tremendous amount of work has paid me, a large sum of money, do an awful lot of work over 30 years, um, and he doesn't really care to read things on the screen. Um, and I'm pleased to print and fold and put in an envelope every Monday morning a copy of the blog to him. Um, so again, we have seven folks who we physically do a first-class snail mail copy to. We also have a lot of businesses that we, for security reasons or others, they don't want to allow their their internal newsletters don't, don't link to the internet. So we send them a copy that we that that, that 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 we determined that again we we physically email it to them they put on their their internal email um i know some of the larger architectural engineering and, and other associated firms in the country put out email newsletters that way yeah. um, so again i worrying about the metrics and worrying about that stuff that appears online um not all that important to me uh, i think yeah. again getting getting it in front of the right people
0: I, you know, I, of course, totally agree with you on that. I mean, it, it isn't about how many people are reading your blog. It's, it's about who is reading your blog and whether they're the right people and the people you want to reach and whether you're having some impact on those people in some way. That's really what it comes down to.
1: I, I couldn't agree more. You know, when I judge this early on, I learned to uh, my real test of, of a blog post and whether whether it was good or not or, or the emails that I get from folks that let me know what they think. Um, good, bad, ugly and indifferent. Um, and again, very often I'm, I'm pleased to hear from the key influencers in environmental matters in this country who every once in a while actually tell me that I get it right. Um, but more often than not, we're, we're willing to offer some correction or advice. And but that's that to me is the success of you know, that. That's how I can measure success.
0: Yeah. Uh, did you ever get those, those seven people that you printed out and mailed them to? Do you get feedback from them about it? Oh,
1: I definitely do. And again, as I said, one of them is actually a you know, long stand for, for probably 30 years, uh, with one of my largest clients. Um, and the others also are all folks who are clients um, and have asked to, to, to receive it that way. Uh, you know, the, the, the nature of, you know, we assume everybody's on their phone or otherwise reading, you know, constantly. Um, and many of us are. I admit I am. Um, but there's still a lot of folks who, who, who don't. And reaching them otherwise um, to me, is you know, it, it, it's what it takes to get that message out and to to get it. Now again, there are only seven hard copies that we mail, so I wouldn't want you to think that this is a, you know, a, a, oh, yeah. a major under. Oh, I
0: think, <laughs> I, I think it's great that you do that. I think it's great that you do that, and uh, you know.
1: Yeah, but we I also mean, see it- a lot of these in the magazine articles or uh, certainly online periodicals and publications that folks you know reach out to us. You know, those that are appropriate. You know, I used to do more of those when I had more time. I used to try yeah. to do five a month. I had to yeah. target five a month. Yeah. You know, so I try to use yeah. the copy once
0: I... Yeah. Are there other ways that you're connecting with your readers, the readers who aren't your clients and, and connecting directly with you? Uh, yeah. Are there other ways that you've found to kind of have that conversation with them or stay in touch with them?
1: There are. I mean, again, look, back when we all used to go to conventions and used to do things... You know, the blog led to an awful lot of invitations to speak at conferences and conventions. Right. And I used to actually post in the blog that anybody who was attending the particular convention that was upcoming, if they would email me, I would buy them drinks. Um, and I I have met people all over this country and actually all over the world, um, Europe and Asia also, um, at conferences who I've offered to buy drinks for, who I buy drinks for. And in fact, I again, you know, some years ago at a green, US Green Building Council conference in um, New Orleans, um, I unfortunately made that offer and I had 160 some folks respond <laughs> that uh, they would have free. And I yeah. quickly went, out. so I literally, um, and again, we ended up not being able to do it in the evening, but I literally took everybody to breakfast. We had a little, I bought everybody coffee, a little of the alcohol if they probably anticipated. But again, it was, those 160 folks all came from the blog, and that was the only place I, I- expressed the invitation was to readers of the blog. Um, and while certainly at most conventions, the number was far smaller than that, yeah. um, let me meet a lot of people at a lot of different subject matter conferences that related to what I was blogging about and the work that I was looking for. Um, and again, just simply by putting a little tag sentence at the end of the blog offering to buy folks a drink.
0: Yeah. At Lex blog we call that beer for bloggers. Yeah. It's, worked out, it's worked out great for Kevin O'Keefe. Uh, I mean, Kevin used to do the same thing. Kevin would, I think he probably still does the same thing. Well, he's going to a particular town, uh, you know, he'd put up something on on his blog or even on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, who wants to, Who yeah, there are bloggers in town who want to get together. And uh, that that did evolve into something more formal that he started presenting, staging as beer for bloggers. And uh, it's, it's a great event when it happens. So, yeah. Um, so you started this, um, you know, new to blogging, but you were already uh, you are already the godfather uh, of your area of law of law practice, at least according to Chris. Um, so, and, and I know you now say this has been the number one source of business for you. Um, so, I mean, what has been the overall impact? Was it a good investment for you when, when you bought this blog? Uh, what seven years ago now? Is that what it was? Uh, put the money into it. Has it has it been a, a good return on the money? Well,
1: my only hope is Chris is not listening because if he is, <laughs> I, I'm likely to have to to offer him something more additional to what I originally paid. Um, no, it is. Look, again, I I, I don't want to sort of sound too silly about this, but you know, beyond my wildest dreams. I mean, you know, I, I, maybe not appropriate for today in your audience, but I often actually describe it around here as, it's been a legal acid trip. I mean, it just, wow. I mean, just literally took off and just goes in all directions and keeps going. I mean, we did a blog post a couple weeks ago that was one of our most successful blog posts. And, you know, I I had, you know, a very large number of replies um, from clients and others. Um, So, no, it, it it feeds on itself as as you continue to write and you continue to develop libraries. library. So there's absolutely no question that not only was it worth the, the, the truly the few dollars um, that I paid for it and the, and the nominal number of dollars I pay a year to, to keep it to keep it posted, but the time is really the, the real expense is the the time it takes to write a blog post every week. Um, and I assure you, um, it, it's never you know I, I may fight like to find the time to do it. But there's never a question that I need to do it, and that it's a valuable use of my time. Yeah, absolutely no question. You know, the the most valuable. You know, again, I have all these wonderful folks around the country who really do most of the day to day legal work, um, and they would tell you they need me writing blog posts and and, and generating the work. So they'll, they'll take care of getting the good work done.
0: Okay, are we are we gonna are we gonna see a Grateful Dead logo uh, on your blog at some point? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, that's great. I love that. I love that legal legal asset trip. So, are are do you uh, do do you think this has a, a a lifespan? I mean, are you just gonna are you gonna keep slogging away at it, or do you see yourself uh, wrapping it up at some point? What, what, have you thought about that at all?
1: Let me say this. Um, you know, I don't know that I don't know what that looks like down the road. Um, there's no question that green building law has evolved, um, and and certainly with with the, the unfortunate this is coming out of this the, the current COVID pandemic uh, you know i i don't know where the environmental issues and the future of real estate side of environmental is going to go um, i think it's you know the beauty again of us being small and the beauty of blogging is i can pivot and change easily from week to week um and keep it moving um, you know uh one of the other dark secrets is uh, about a year ago year and a half ago i started a second blog um with lex blog um, And literally, I was talking to someone. We had this idea and very, very smart lawyer. And and I wanted to partner with her on this project. And she said, well, how are we going to do this? And I said, you know, I don't really know. I said, the only thing I know that has worked for getting legal work is a blog. And she looked at me and said, really, we're going to do a blog? And I went, no, no, we're going to write a blog about liquor license law in Maryland. A very, again, another niche inside of a niche. Um, And again, Embarrassing successes. Um, it's, it's a very different blog than the Green Building blog. There's a much smaller audience. It really is there to build credibility. Um, but, boy, does it, it generate business. Um, so, again, if, if I'm looking at the future, I don't know that I'm going to wrap up a blog. I, I, I might start <laughs> another one. Um, but, again, our silly liquor, Maryland Liquor License Law blog. But, again, again, if, if you thought Green Building was a niche, let me tell you, Maryland Liquor License blog is a is a small little niche also but boy does that work very very well i mean we've got someone an attorney working full-time as a result of that and It's the only it's the only thing that we've done to promote other than maybe buy a beer or two for someone um has been that blog and it's it works just fine
0: oh that's fantastic well if you ever do uh, decide to hang it up maybe, maybe you can sell your blog to the next uh to the next uh, person uh coming along with it with a practice in your area uh I I never even got, maybe I can ask you real quick. I wanted to ask you about, in your biography, you say that uh, among other things you've, uh, among the many things you've done with your career, uh, you have trekked some of the wildest real estate on the planet, from Kilimanjaro to Everest and K2. So have you summited those?
1: I have. And again, it's one of those things that we, um, you know, I'll go back to something I said a moment ago about, you know, if you want to write in a diary, write in your diary, the blog is to get business, and one of the things I discovered early on is, if you tell your clients you're going to be gone for 75 days on Everest, um, it's really not good for business. Um, in particular, if you climb twice a year, and you, you know, I generally have climbed uh, twice a year now since 2005 or so. Um, so we write very gently, and I admit I do preposition some blogs before I leave, so folks don't realize how long I'm gone for. Um, but no, um, I'm very fortunate to uh, I spent a bunch of time in mountains um, and uh, it's something that I'm happy to always show folks photographs of and tell them about, but it, it really does scare clients. Um, you know, what uh, I would also say that, you know,
0: it, your secret is good with us. We're not going to tell anybody.
1: Yeah, we, we won't tell anybody. Um, it really has, again, the, the nature of a, of, of a solo law practice is it's giving me the opportunity to. Twice a year to leave the country and and go climb. Um, you know, again, very lucky to have climbed on all seven continents and find all the tall all the tall mountains in the world. So I'm um, been very been very lucky.
0: Yeah. Well, I hope. Uh, I assume those plans are on hold right now, but I, I hope you're able to uh, pick up again soon.
1: They are. Uh, we have a climb scheduled for November. It's looking unlikely that we'll be able to do that. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, you know, again, I'm, I'm always hopeful maybe maybe the following spring. Um, but again, the, the, the nature of, the, of this practice is it really has allowed me to, 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 to leave the office for extended periods of time. And you have to, again, I, I'd make one last point, is that, you know, the nature of blogging, you can pre-position this stuff and others can post for you. And, you know, you spend 57 days in rural Pakistan, um, climbing K2, there's really not any internet I mean, don't fool right. yourself into thinking yeah. make a call or yeah.
0: something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was one of your clients calling just now, saying, "What's this about you taking seventy-five days off?" <laughs> uh, yeah, you're in trouble now. Um,
1: no, it, um, but again, it's uh, um, it, it, it's really the beauty of sort of the modern practice of law. You can really yeah. you can travel, you can do all these things. I mean, I spent my first several years uh, at large law firms. I don't want to say that I was chained to a desk, but you know, I felt chained to a desk.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so blogging and, and, uh, has, has helped, uh, helped you get some freedom, uh, as well as, uh, success.
1: No, I, 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 again, I, 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 would sort of end where we touched, you know, or earlier on that blogging really has been the number one source of, of, of new clients. Um, and it generates clients. Um, look, it, it generates multiple calls a day, every day. Um, yeah. You know, we went to a, 24-hour a day, seven-day a week, 365-day a year answering service, so I wouldn't miss those calls because so many of them come from other time zones and other places in the world. Yeah. Um, I mean, what a great problem to have that I, you know, answering service would answer the phone 24 hours a day.
0: Yep. Uh, Well, I hope you uh, continue to reach summits in your practice and and in your personal life. I really appreciate your taking the time to tell us all about your blog and your career. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you. No, thank you. It, it
1: has, uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you.
0: So uh, we have been speaking with Stuart Kaplow, and uh, his blog is the Green Building Law Update. Uh, we are going to be back again next week with this show, same time, same place, when our guest will be Angelo Pepperelli. Uh, of Seifarth, who writes the blog Nation of Immigrators. Uh, you can find all of the past episodes of this at youtube.com Lexblog. And on behalf of Lexblog, this is Bob Ambroji. Uh, thanks to Stuart for being here today. And thanks to all of you for watching and or listening. Until next time.